Welcome to the Everything Works Out For Us podcast. My name is Marina, and I'm so happy that you're here to join me on this journey of embracing a growth mindset that's grounded in gratitude and self-awareness. I'm an REBT mindset life coach, actor, singer, content creator, and the bigger sister that you always wanted. And I'm ready to start turning our mental and emotional roadblocks into roadmaps. In each episode, I holistically utilize psychology, spirituality, and my own personal experiences to strive to empower you to step into your power and deeply connect to both your inner knowing and the world around you. Let's grow together. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome back to the pod. This week, I have another very exciting guest star. I am so honored to have had so many inspiring, educated, motivational, and interesting guests lately, and I am learning a lot from them, and I hope that you are too. So this week, I have Dr. Don St. John joining me to discuss how we can live our most fulfilled lives. Dr. St. John is a psychotherapist, teacher, and author who has been immersed in the psychological, somatic, relational, and spiritual worlds for more than 50 years. Dr. St. John has a unique perspective on healing and human potential, having constructed a view that includes what he labels the four legs of wholesomeness. Dr. St. John's personal journey, which includes enduring years of intense physical and verbal abuse in his childhood, has led him to a fulfilling marriage of 38 years, a trust in his own abilities and instincts, and a love for life. So you'll see for yourselves, but Dr. St. John is truly a reflection of the phrase, age is just a number. He brings such a lovely combination of age-old wisdom and youthful excitement. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hi, Dr. St. John. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. I am honored to have you here. It is a privilege, and I'm really excited to get to know you better and to learn a lot from you today. Why, thank you. I've been looking forward to our conversation. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Amazing. Well, let's just dive right in. I would love the listeners to hear from your own words, your journey that led you up to be to where you are today. And, you know, included in that, potentially talking about your childhood, if you're comfortable, what led you to psychology and, um, yeah, I'll start with that. Small question. Let's yeah, see. I know. <laughs> we have about six hours to fill in that. Spark notes version. No, Spark I'm, notes version. I'm very comfortable talking about my childhood. You know, it, it was unusually challenging. Uh, grew up in a you know state tenement building. Uh, great deal of. Violent. Sorry, but my cat really wants to chime in. If you can hear him in the background, sorry about that. Oh, I, you know we can do a duet. I, I yeah, think, you know, <laughs> I think the cat is a great teacher. We can learn a lot about how to live well by modeling after a cat. I completely agree. Animals in general, they we need to get, be giving them more credit because they really are in touch with with the universe what honestly. we've lost <laughs> they're in touch yeah. with what we've lost you know right with their bodies Life intelligence yeah anyway uh, marina i i wanted to be a price fighter so that you know that statement in and of itself 
give you some idea of what my childhood was like, you know. I'm sorry, I, uh, what did you say, a prize fighter? Yeah, professional boxer. See, I'm an actor, a theater person, so I know very little about sports. <laughs> and honestly, okay. I'd assume my viewers or my listeners are the same. So thank you for the clarification. Please, anytime you need a definition or elaboration or clarification, please feel free to interrupt, okay? Great. All right, professional anyway, boxer. Yeah, and when I realized how absurd that idea was, uh, I just didn't have the qualifications. Uh, I didn't know what to do. So I went in the military. And after a year there, I received a Dear John letter from, you know what that is? A Dear John I, letter. I know it's a Nicholas Sparks book, and that's about it. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a letter that says, sorry, goodbye. Mm. Our relationship is over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was the love of my life at 18. And uh, I took to drinking rather heavily and, you know, realized while I was still in the Air Force, I realized I needed help. So I found a psychiatrist who worked on Saturday. And that was approximately 60 years ago. I'm 80 now. And, wow, I uh, never would have known. Thank you. You look amazing, you. yeah. Well, you know, I, I've never stopped looking for opportunities to grow. And that's my story. And that story. keeps you young. It does. It does because it includes the body and an understanding of what the body has to do with your sense of well-being, with your relationships, you know, and knowing that uh, a huge, huge discovery for me, you know, given the degree of trauma that I experienced, I was pretty cut off, shut down, constricted, compressed, fragmented, dissociated, uh, some of those words will probably ring for everyone. Yeah. And you know, I, I needed more than verbal therapy. And I realized that some, you know, 50, 55 years ago, and it's been a journey ever since. And it's a wonderful journey because here I am at 80. When I was in my 20s and 30s, relationships were really challenging. They didn't last too long. They were problematic. They uh, you know, had a lot of fights and loss of temper and things like that. Uh, my sense of myself, you know, my self-esteem, I had to look up to see the belly of a, an ant. You know, it was that down low. And mm -hmm. it's 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 completely different now in my 80s. I've been with the same woman for going on 40 years here. And, you know, our Congrats, relationship. That's with, amazing. Yeah. We, well, given where I started, very amazing. <laughs> very amazing. And more so, it's still alive. It's emotionally, sexually intimate. And 
and we were still, you know, learning about each other. And uh, yeah, it's the way it can, I think, should be if we realize, if human beings realize what I believe they're here for. Right. Then Which life is... to become a full, whole self. Every aspect to embrace it, to manifest it, to express it. In my next my next lifetime, I want to come back as an actor and a singer. Because, you know, you you all get all this opportunity to express your heart and soul. It's, it's something. Listen, I my mantra is that it's never too late because there's roles for every age so long as people that age are existing. Someone's got to play an 80-year-old on screen, on a commercial, in a movie, on stage, etc. It's never too mm. late to start. <laughs> <laughs> But I have a pretty full plate as it is. <laughs> listen, your gift is is being shared with us here. So I think that's the most important thing. Um, but before we digress, I want to go back almost to the beginning of your story where you said you felt so disconnected from your body. And then everything else started crumbling apart after that. Um I've been finding as I've been interviewing people here that what you said talk you were you found that talk therapy was not enough. And I'm finding a theme that so much of our well-being lives somatically and healing comes somatically. So is that something that you'd be open to speaking about kind of the importance of a somatic practice in terms of healing? Oh, I would love to speak about it. That's Great. one of my very favorite things to speak about. You know, I you mentioned your cat, and I'd like to start there. Watch your cat move, and you will likely notice that you know they're connected to every fiber in their body. There's a sense of presence, a sense that they're there, there, inside, in every movement. And for many, many, many reasons, human beings get disconnected from that vitality, from that primordial, sensual, elastic, connected movement, okay? We're taught how we should be and how we shouldn't be. We're given life-negating injunctions, like don't speak up for yourself, don't assert yourself. Sexuality is awful until you're married. Okay, then it's okay. But until you know those injunctions, and all this before we get into the more serious traumas, you know. Parents divorced when you're two years old and you're, you know, in, in that tender and formative stage of life, you're exposed to, to hostility and depression and anxiety and fighting. It affects us. Mm -hmm. All of this affects us. And it makes it 
challenging to identify our experience, express our experience, know ourselves, connect deeply with another because there's too much overlay. There's too much, you know, the garments we wear to navigate everyday life. We need to be able to take them off. Well, we because we enter this fight or flight state and become so afraid to live in the moment because we just want to protect ourselves, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And it becomes habituated through our entire body. It, the fight flight mechanism is, you know, the activity of the autonomic nervous system, but it's every muscle, every fiber of connective tissue that hardens a little bit. And as it hardens, our attitudes harden. Our ability to receive hmm. diminishes. Our ability to connect, to just be with another person and feel the juiciness of just being there. Is this clear or do you need me to... No, to me, it's perfectly clear. And actually, I think you might have been an acting professor in a in a past life because <laughs> we talk about all of this stuff in movement class about being grounded in the present moment. And to bring it back to the animals, animals have no choice. They're always in the moment. They're always connected with their body. They're always connected with the other animal or toy or person in front of them. And it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, unless they get abused. Yeah. When yeah you get true. an animal that's been abused, especially as a young animal, they lose some of that luster, that that vitality, that sense of presence, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but by and large, exactly. Yeah. Well, to bring it back to humans <laughs> and humanity... Okay. I I want to just dive right into it, what you're most known for, which is the four legs of wholesomeness, or sorry, of wholeness. Um, if you could define that for us and then just chat about each pillar and how using that can bring us yeah. to the best version of ourselves. I'd, I'd love to, Marina. And, you know, before I begin, I want to say that there are, I'm I'm looking for a better metaphor than pillar because pillar okay. has a, a I haven't found it yet and so if you come up with one please uh, but pillar has like an independent rigid sense when you think of mm -hmm. pillars and these are very very interrelated they they influence each other all four you know. Maybe and, like a web, <laughs> strings of a web. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. That's getting closer. We'll, we'll work on it. But the first is the somatic. And when I talk about somatic, I'm not simply talking about the body. That's what comes to people's mind, the body. What I'm talking about is that internal connection to the body. You know, that feeling sense on the inside you know as as i'm sitting here 
and I'm moving every ever so slightly, and I I can sense and and feel that, you know. So it's my my connection internally that I'm referring to. I practice a discipline called, and I teach it as well, called continuum. And continuum is like an exploration into what it means to live in a human body. What is a human body? You know, typically we think about it in machine-like metaphors. You know, the body as machine, levers and pulleys. You know, the muscles and bones like levers and pulleys. Well, really, it's 65, 70% fluid by volume. By number of molecules, it's 99% water molecules. Wow. Wow. It's this fluid system. And then if you go to the atoms of the body, they're 99% space. Now, that doesn't mean anything until you begin to experience yourself in that fluid, spacious way. And I'm assuming that, this is what you teach then, how, how to yeah. achieve that? Yeah, yeah. Is there a SparkNotes version of that that we can, as listeners, start tapping into? Well, I, I, would, I would go online and look up Continuum Teachers Association okay. and see what's out there, see what they're all teaching. You know, I'm semi-retired. I teach this little workshop here in Salt Lake City. Uh, if anyone is in Salt Lake or driving distance, contact me. But <laughs> but there are continuum teachers all over, and uh, it's a phenomenal practice because more and more, you know, when you, you said that I don't look 80, I think the main reason for that is, you know, uh, I don't move like I'm 80 because I've been getting in touch with that fluid level of my own existence for many years now okay so yeah but you can start with yoga you can start with any one of a number of different somatic disciplines you know look them up realize your body and the quality of experience is so much related to your emotional mental health. Mm -hmm. It's hard to separate. Yeah, absolutely. And the body keeps the score, as we all know. And the body, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he he did get his book out there somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the second leg being the psyche. Let's dive yeah, into the that psychological, one. The emotional, and you know, there again, it's a big topic. Again, it's related to the others, uh, but the ones that I would highlight are our ability to regulate ourselves. 
They are ability to get excited without flipping out over the top and not being able to come back to equilibrium. Hmm. Our ability to get disappointed or feel embarrassed or feel shame and come out of it. That's that's such a huge capacity. We're not born with it. We don't have that ability when we're small, tiny, tiny infants. We're depending on our caretaker, typically our mother, to provide that. And her capacity to do that is helping us develop both neurologically and psychologically that ability to regulate ourselves. Okay. And so, the other, go ahead. No, I know. Go ahead. Continue. No, 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 no. I was going to change. You have a question on what I just said? I was going to say, aside from our caregivers, did you find talk therapy to be something that helped you kind of grasp your psyche and helped you learn how to regulate? Or was it a combination of that and something else? It, it, all of them. It was all of them. As You know, as I said before, I don't know if we were recording or not, Marina. I Once I started and realized how tragically messed up I was, you know, how difficult it was to to have human experience you know i i was quite close to my grandmother but i didn't shed a tear when she passed i was 20 years old it was i couldn't you know i didn't i had lost it about 13 or 14 you know it was the last time i shed a tear until i was about 30. wow yeah it's wild, right. And once I realized that, I, I took every opportunity that came my way. If it looked like it might help, I was going to go for it. You know, I, and that's another thing I, I advise your listeners, invest in your own well-being. Invest in your growth. Yeah, it really is the most selfless thing you can do. And again, this is something that I talk about a lot. It feels selfish sometimes in our society to invest in ourselves and to put ourselves first and to make decisions based on our own well-being. But when we have that sense of inner fullness and that self-love, that's the only way that we can pour into other people's cups. We can't pour out of our own cups if our cup is empty or even half full. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a beautiful metaphor. In yeah. fact, then we have to borrow from others' cups if ours isn't full. Then the dynamics yeah. just get messed up, which kind of segues into the third leg, which is relationships. Relationships. Yeah. yeah. And you know, again, oh, one more thing before that, that the other part of the emotional psychological is really learning what you believe to be true about yourself, about others, and about the world. Mm -hmm. And we formulate those beliefs by the time we're three, four, five years old. Yeah. 
we've already answered questions like, is the world safe? You know, can I trust? Can I rely on people to meet my needs? You know, uh, those deep beliefs and our ability to regulate ourselves profoundly influence our relationships, which is the next pillar to it, okay? And, you know, emotional intimacy is a level of development that perhaps the majority of human beings haven't arrived at yet. I'm going to let that one sink in because it's Which, a beautiful thing. As what I would consider myself to be an emotionally intelligent woman in her late 20s, being single, that phrase really scares me, <laughs> to be quite honest <laughs> with you. Which phrase? The fact that the majority of our population hasn't reached a level of emotional awareness or emotional intimacy that we should be at. Well, I'm extremely impressed that your awareness and sophistication for someone who's still in her 20s. Wow. I'm an that, old soul. Yeah, you must be. And I, I do believe in that. You know, I mm -hmm. think people come in at different levels and that you're even interested in all this in your 20s. You know, it's very impressive. And, but I think it's true that the majority haven't gotten there yet. Mm -hmm. it, it takes a lot to learn, for example, to speak from the heart. I had no idea. What very brave. It takes a lot of courage. Yeah. It's like, it's like taking off all the outer garments and saying, here I am naked. Yeah. see me this, this these are all the different parts of me i'm not going to hide anything from you you know that that takes a lot of it takes courage because there's always that moment where you have to take the risk you know but it takes some development to get to that place where you can even imagine taking that risk or so, have any idea what it means. Yeah. And for the people that maybe are the majority of people who are sitting here listening, being like, I want to, but I'm scared. Can you elaborate on why it's worth it to face the fear? Yeah. It's worth it to face the fear because once you're able to you know, take off those persona, those outer garments, you know, those identities that we face the world with. The ego, you know. maybe. Mm -hmm. all, all of that, yeah. different words. Once you can do that, you really begin to recognize that love is abundant. Like, I'm sitting here, my heart is so warm just looking at you. I mean, you, you're so 
present there and beautiful. That You're sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. It's, well, thank you because, you know, it's the lovely experience. Love is abundant. Now, that's, for example, if my wife were sitting right here, I could say the same thing. I wouldn't hide that. If I had to hide that, then it's not going to happen. It's not, you know, I have to be willing to let her know mm -hmm. what's really true in there. One of my favorite affirmations actually is just the phrase, I am love, because I feel like nothing quite encompasses that phrase enough. Like, I am loved. I mean, that's a good one. I choose to to be surrounded by love, et cetera. But the phrase, I am love, I really feel is the core of our humanity. I don't know if you feel the same way. Well, yeah. <laughs> I <do>. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think yeah. a big part of that is trust in, in something higher, trust in the universe, trust in God, having that faith that at the end of the day, we all are love and we can all return to love even in our darkest of nights. Hey, and there's, so, there's the fourth pillar. You just defined yeah. it for me. Thank you. Exactly. There you go. It's give and take. <laughs> <laughs> and you also, Marina, answer the question of why is it worth it? Why is it worth doing this work? Why is it worth, you know, I call it, a journey of a lifetime the title of my book healing the wounds of childhood and culture a journey of a lifetime why is it worth it to realize what you just said i am love you know I'm one more committed. time for the listeners may i know you already said if there's one thing you take away from this episode uh but if there's two things you take away from this episode, the second thing is, we are love. We are love. Yeah. yeah. And, and to realize that, not as a thought, or merely as a thought, a concept, an idea, but a felt sense, mm -hmm. which now circles back to the somatic. Right? Because... Where are we going to experience that? It's here, here. Yeah. In our hearts, in our bodies, in our fluids. And to keep opening that facilitates the experience of I am love. So I just want to swing back really quickly just to that leg of spirituality because I it is a big part of my show and I... I want yeah. I want to just hear the meat of what you have to say about really encompassing yourself in into spirituality, how that can help complete the circle and um and help us find wholeness and fulfillment. Well, I think that's what you were just talking about. You know, I am love. Just about love. And yeah. and I think I think the heart needs to break open. Hmm. I think, you know, somehow, some way, we need to open our hearts. If we have the wherewithal, 
if we have the merit to be living with a heart that's opening, awesome. Many of us need, you know, to be hit over the head. Uh, it first happens for me when I, I won't. I know our time is short, so I'm not going to go into the story. But I, my wife at the time was having an affair and told me about it and wanted an open marriage. And it, it was crazy. I was in a workshop and the theme of that workshop was living from love, this very topic we're talking about, this spiritual awakening to love. And she called me up, told me that, wow. But it broke me open. It broke me open. And from that moment, forward my, my life just began to turn in this beautiful positive directions uh there's a lot of bumps in the road yeah. along that trail but that was the major turning point and wow. yeah i i personally feel like for a lot of people heartbreak can be that catalyst into mm -hmm. completely ripping you down to the ground and it's the the phoenix rising from the ashes moment but of and you know heartbreak it doesn't have to be romantic it could be for a bunch yeah. of different reasons but for anyone going through trauma heartbreak depression mental illness etc who is feeling at rock bottom right now what piece of advice would you give to them to start their phoenix journey if you will Take the leap and trust that from the ashes, something beautiful can rise. Mm. Take that leap of faith, trust, and if you haven't already, begin this journey. You know, read books, you know, look, find out what's out there, what can support you spiritually, relationally, psychologically, somatically. You know? There really is proof all around us that we are love, bringing it back to that. And mm. there's evidence and examples every day of people that have risen from the ashes so i do think it is our job to seek that out and look for it to reaffirm that proof and that that keeping the faith is worth it right absolutely don't don't deny the pain don't mm -hmm. try and push it away repress it the pain is real feel the pain and trust and have faith. Yeah. And well, that I think. It. Oh, sorry. No, please finish. Okay. <laughs> and look for that glimmer of light. Keep looking for it. It's there. It'll be there. Yeah. You know, if I could come out of where I was when I started some 60 years ago, started my adulthood some 60 years ago. Uh, I think just about anybody can. 
mic drop. <laughs> Couldn't have ended it better myself. Uh, I, I think that's a beautiful place to leave it at. So I just, I want to thank you for your time, but I also want to give you a little bit of space to throw a self-promotion in here. I know you did mention that you teach some workshops and that you have a book, but if you want to shout out any social media or where we can find your book or where we can watch or listen nice to you. Beautiful. Thank you. Is it available on Amazon or where can, yes. where can we purchase? Okay. On Amazon, also on my website. And I pretty much where books are sold that can be ordered. So Great. Yeah. do you teach anything virtually? No. Just in yeah, person. All right. So I'm... the lucky people who are in Utah, which I want to take a trip to Utah because I love are hiking and it's beautiful. What? Are you a skier? I'm not, but I I'm down to try anything once, except skydiving, at least right now. I'm not down to try that. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live, Marina? I'm in Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Wow. So we got a little bit of everything. We got the beach. We got the city. We got the freezing cold and the boiling hot. Yes. It's great. <laughs> if you ever want to teach a workshop in Chicago, I'm there. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, again, thank you so much Life for join, joining me, Dr. John, on the show. Um, Dr. Don St. John, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, two on the clock. Um, but I hope we can speak soon. And I learned a lot from you today. So thank you very much. You're most welcome. And thank you. I enjoyed this a lot. Take care. Take care.